Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for Friday, the 25th day of February. I'm Paul White. It's the final Friday of February as we head into the final weekend of February. And final weekends typically are the fourth weekend, and that means it's our monthly meetings. We will be in Chapin, South Carolina tonight at 6.30 Eastern Time, and we will be in Flowery Branch, Georgia, Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. If you are in the Columbia, South Carolina, or the Atlanta, Georgia area, come see us at one of these two meetings or both of these meetings. Spend the weekend coming to meetings. We have such a good time with both of these groups. Uh, We meet with both of these groups weekly. The Flowery Branch group we meet with every Tuesday night. And then the, the, the group in South Carolina... They meet weekly and and watch a video that we specially prepare for their group, and then we come back and do one monthly meeting together. We're going to try in this calendar year to increase our personal meetings there to at least a couple times a month, but um, we'll see, and I'll keep you posted if we do that. But uh, prayerfully consider coming in to be a part of it, and if you can't, you, you do know that we will record these encounters. Some of the sermons, uh, well, a couple sermons every month come out of these meetings, and they are some uh, pretty impactful things, sometimes quite impactful and touch people all over the world. So pray for us as we travel and, uh, and do that. We also have meetings coming up in the month of March. I'm going back to Westminster, South Carolina. I'll tell you about that. We might try to make that announcement tomorrow because it's just a couple of weeks away. Um, I don't have a long story to cover today. There's a big, there's a big long story in Genesis 31, which is where we were yesterday. But I don't want to go into all of the details. It's Jacob and Rachel and Leah and their children all trying to flee the house of Laban. There's some pretty heavy evidence in, particularly in the 30th and 31st chapters, that the relationship with Laban was full of deceit and contention. Jacob feels pretty wrong. He's worked at least 20 years in the house of Laban. At one point, he says, I worked seven years for one of your daughters, seven years for the other daughter, and six years for your cattle, your flocks. So over two decades of his life have been dedicated to this house. And he really just came here to find a wife. And he spends the prime of his life um, getting more than he bargained for, to say the least. And so now as he leaves, there's this big blow up between Laban and his daughters, particularly his daughter, Rachel. Uh, he accuses her of, or wonders if they've stolen some things. According to the text, they did. Uh, but she felt like it was things he had taken from them first. So there's this back and forth, this long conversation. And Jacob sort of loses his temper and and basically goes off on his father-in-law. You've changed my wages 10 times. And we're Laban and he are going to enter into sort of a treaty covenant, not a blood covenant where like Abraham and, and God entered into, but more of a treaty. Uh, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. They go their separate ways. Prior to that, there's an interesting phrase that I want, and it actually repeats twice. It's once in verse 42 and once in verse 53. I want to focus on the verse 42 version. From Genesis 31, verse 42, this is Jacob talking to Laban. And I want you to remember that Jacob has still only had the one real encounter with God when he laid his head on the pillow in the desert and the angels ascending and descending on the ladder. And Jacob, remember, Jacob cut that conditional promise with God. He goes, if you bless me and bring me back here, you'll be my God. And so that was 20 plus years ago. We haven't seen Jacob 
talking to God outside of that dream that he had right before the speckled cattle incident. And he obeyed the dream. So we know he's at least receptive and hearing from God. Listen to how he describes God in verse 42. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. That phrase, it probably caught your ear interesting as well. The God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac. I don't know that there's another time outside. He calls him the fear of his father deeper in this chapter. I don't know anywhere later in the Old Testament that it actually does this. Um, this is interesting. The fear of Isaac. In that statement, we should probably lean a little more to our English word, awesome. The awesome God of Isaac. And, and the reason why that jumped off the page at me is partly because it's so unusual, but partly also because here's a guy who doesn't truly have his own relationship with God. And the phrase, the awesome God of Isaac, says to me that what he knows of God, he's had his two visions, but what he knows of God is what he learned from his dad. And what he learned from his dad is that God is awesome. Now, awesome has, of course, a different connotation for us. It's a little more like cool or overwhelming or that's great in our vernacular. And it tilted a little more towards truly bringing you to paralytic awe in their connotation. It was closer to fear, but not in a, not in a, I'm scared for my life way as much as, um, that I'm in over my head. This is bigger than me. And however you translate it, however you land on it, the important thing to me is that you have the ability to shape the kind of God that your children see is God judgmental, demanding, cold, hard to please, distant. Does God, is he merciful? Does he laugh? Does he cry? Does he hurt? Is he gracious? Is he kind? Is he loving? Is he forgiving? You have a chance not only to portray that through your actions or through your words, how you talk about God, but really you become a miniature version of God to them, whether you like it or not. And so if they're scared around you, they have reason to be scared around God. If they can't laugh around you, they have no reason to laugh around God. We, we become a small version of that to them. A lot of what we're working through with God is either our lack of parent, parental guidance or bad parental guidance. And all of us are striving by God's grace to do better. So I challenge you as you head into the weekend, start to present an awesome God. It's an ongoing challenge. It won't be accomplished in one day, but it's all of our challenge. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.